This is the Scum and Sneak Fantasy Football Show about the LV Dynasty Fantasy Football League that we are all in. Sneak, we're back to one episode. There's not too much to talk about. We're just going to roll it all up into one and give it to you guys right before Christmas. Ah, uh, yes. The playoffs. Christmas time. One episode a week. Scum and Sneak show is winding down for the year. Never a, never like a happy thing, but I think it is good. It's a good time to wrap it up. We've done a lot this year. We've made a lot of changes. We've had a lot of personal growth, had a lot of professional <laughs> growth in our show. And you know what? I think we'll, we'll crown a well, champion here in a couple weeks and just a, an exciting time, even though we will be ending. But it was, it was a season, that's for sure. Yes, it was. Very, very fun, exciting season. I'm excited to see how this thing ends. We'll get into all of that. But first, Nick, we've got to do a nonsense minute. And we're going to just, I think we're just going to spitball for a little bit because you were just in town. It was great to see you. We had a Christmas party. We got Christmas this weekend. So question to you is, what was your favorite part of your visit? And then what's just your favorite part about Christmas in general? You know, it could be as an adult, as a kid. Let's just get the warm and fuzzies out. Let's be a little cheesy. It's the Christmas episode. We got to do it. Yeah, Christmas episode. I got to see all the old friends this last weekend. Got to go to Christmas party. Got to go hang out. Got to eat good food, drink good beer. Uh, Just all around, it's always good to get back, see the friends, see what's going on, see the kids, catch up, make sure that we're all living life to the fullest. So really, the trip was just an all-in-all perfect, quick weekend for old Sneak to see everybody. Uh, Just had fun constantly. There was never a dull moment. Uh, Christmas memories, Christmas-wise, we're talking, it was probably the best years were just growing up, that Christmas morning, waking up with the family, gifts under the tree, uh, cinnamon rolls and donuts and good breakfast and hot chocolate and just getting the latest and greatest action figures or Legos and hanging out. And then it was always an afternoon of family. And uh, it was just like a whole day just of fun and excitement. Uh, You know, and as you got older, that started to kind of go away a little bit because you get older it's not as magical you don't uh you know you don't think about some of the things that you did growing up for me the warm and fuzzies was just the perfect years from like eight to like 14 or whatever it was you know six to 12 where you're just gifts and every just the day just felt like it would never end you woke up early you're sneaking around the house it was just it really just felt like a magical time that everyone came together and enjoyed Christmas morn. I love that. That was beautiful. Uh, got me a little tear in my eye because those Christmas mornings as a kid, they're really, I don't think there is much better. Um, tracking back a little bit to answer my question, my favorite part of your visit was that you literally and figuratively passed off the Santa mantle uh, you let me take over. You also helped me get dressed. It was a beautiful moment. And I just, I couldn't have been prouder. And then fully agree with you, like I said, on 
growing up as a kid, those Christmas mornings. But what I found to be my favorite part now as an adult is I love the buildup. I love that time between Thanksgiving and Christmas. And you're just going to parties. You're wrapping presents. You got decorations up. You're going to see lights. And that is as fun to me as Christmas morning now, if not a little more. I'm not saying that Christmas, like, even day with the family is disappointing, but like all like the buildup and the excitement and you're just like on the edge, you're edging a little bit and you're just like, Oh, this is so good. I want to stay yeah. here forever. Yeah, I agree. The, the lead up, you know, you go to the Christmas festivities. It's like, it's a little bit different than Thanksgiving because you get that whole kind of lead up month where it's like you're planning, you're prepping, you're doing things. And then now as you're older with your kids and your families, you get to, still do all that fun stuff that we talked about, but then you get to bring your kids along and be like, look at all the magic of Christmas and bring and instill those memories in them. So all in all, it's just a really feel good, warm and fuzzy time. We're just a feel good, warm and fuzzy podcast. Aren't we? That's what they, that's what they call us in some podcast circles. So let's keep the warm and fuzzy go. And let's talk about how, Dason and Doug both lost this past week. Real warm and fuzzy. Real warm and fuzzy, as we predicted, in, as we yes. thought would happen. We're in the Tuesday Reviews Day portion of the of the episode. And with Dason and Doug losing, that means that Gooch and Wade both advanced, both won. Neither matchup was really that much in doubt for either of them. Both won by about 30 points. And again, not not a surprise. You know, it was going to take a lot for Dayson and Doug to pull the upsets, but good seasons for both of them. You know, making that six, doing a, a decent thing. I mean, Doug probably wasn't going to beat Wade anyway, but he made uh, two tough calls, had two zeros in the lineup with Nick Westbrook Akine, which we told him to switch out. Yes. And Pat Fryer knew that one was a little bit more surprising. I guess he should have played Darren Waller, even though you and I are both very anti Darren Waller. He did catch a touchdown, would have been a better play. But even getting in some subs for those zeros, I don't think it would have been enough for Doug. It would have just kept him a little closer. But a good season. You know, Derrick Henry couldn't come through with that 50 pointer that he needed. But again, he, he was in the dance at least. Yeah, we uh, I felt like Dason might have had an outside chance towards that afternoon. He was starting to make a little bit of a push, bringing those projections a little bit closer. Uh, but really, both the matchups were handedly in hand for the winners. We had mentioned that Doug was climbing a big hill and he needed miracles. He did not get them. So really what we were talking about, what we went into depth about it, they we knew what we, we, we saw it coming. It happened. And now we have the matchups that we do going in to this week where Ernie and Brendan, our top dogs are off the bench and they are coming in hot and we will see what those matchups look like, but yeah, good yes. job. Dayson and Doug, you made the playoffs. Uh, but once again, like we've talked about in this league for many years, a lot of teams make the playoffs a lot of years and don't ever get over the hump. What is it that you have to do to make that call on your team to get yourself over those humps? Some teams, unfortunately, just may not ever get over the hump. 
you might have to do a full breakdown rebuild or you're going to have to be real smart with maybe some moves or some changes or you just as our as 08 will do and some of these other teams they just say this is my team and I just have to hope next year they're better so we will see what Doug and Dayson can do to the, their squads to make the jump uh but hey that's fantasy football that's the dynasty league it is tough that is true you bring up a good point so we'll do a little exit interview with Dayson and Doug here of those two teams who do you think is better primed or in a better position to still compete and make the playoffs next year similar scenarios where um they've their teams had been kind of put in, in an all-in position over the past couple of years they have players that are a little older no one really like on the verge of retirement like in a swan song but not a lot of youth on those teams not a lot of picks moving forward but who can kind of sustain and continue their little window or at least the attempts I'm getting in the playoffs and making some noise. Dayson or yeah, Dayson, my, who's... my first thought for that question is Dayson. You know, you've got Devonta Adams, Stephon Diggs. Uh, you've got young Herbert. Uh, Ramondre is good. Uh, he's got a lot more options uh, to where he can maybe pick and choose a trade here and there to get uh, whatever he feels like he needs to get over that hump. Doug's running backs are good. Uh, but Derrick Henry's his best one. He is getting older. We're not seeing the slowdown necessarily in Derrick Henry, but I would I would venture to say that when you do see it, it's going to be probably falling off the cliff because his body is just – it's got to at some point break down. Uh, Doug's receivers, as we mentioned last week, are very bad. So he needs to do something major in his receiving uh, core if he's going to continue to be good because we've seen in the past these last couple of years specifically fantasy football is made in, in receivers these days. It, you know, I was always a receiver guy back in the day. And then somewhere along the line, I said, it's all about running backs. You can make that argument, but right now it just seems to be a receiver passing fantasy football. That's where you make your hay and Doug is just not there. So I'm going to give the edge there today, son, to continue to move forward. And there has been rumors about Doug leaving the league. Maybe that comes true. A new person takes over that team. Maybe they have a new philosophy, whatever it may be. But specifically, Dayson has the better chance moving forward, uh, at least in going into next year. Yeah, I like that answer. Like you said, it has to do with the age of where their, you know, prime time players are. Dayson's bulk of older, but like really high level guys are on the receiving end, and they can probably sustain that longer than a Derrick Henry, than a James Conner like on Doug's team. And then Leonard Fournette has probably lost his job to Rashad White. So I don't know what's going to happen with him next year. Could be one of those, you know, really quick fall-offs, like you mentioned, um, but specifically for Lenny in this case. We'll see how it goes, though. We've got a whole off-season to talk about it. Stay tuned. Yes, we do. All right, that was a little review. Let's do a quick waiver Wednesday. Uh, we did have three claims. Brandon put in a $4 bid, picking up the Jaguars defense, dropping the big Jets. Ah, oh, the Jaguars. Jags have a matchup against the Jets on Thursday night, so he's playing that, you know, Zach Wilson will probably throw a couple picks. Uh, maybe Zonovan Knight is a little dinged up, so I assume he'll start them this week. He beat Chase out for that bid. Gooch picked up Andy Dalton for what is probably the fourth or fifth time this season. 
dropping Ben Skrowanek, who uh, just got ruled out for the rest of the season yesterday. So quarterback depth for Gooch, we saw that he's still scrambling. You know, he lost Mike White. Uh, Mike White's not going to play again this week. Aaron Rodgers was not that good uh, for him last week, even though Chase got the win. So more shuffling, more roulette for him. We'll see. I don't think he played any Dalton still, but he wanted options, right? Right. And then Scum did, I did my thing. I picked up Calvin Austin again, rookie who hasn't even played for the Steelers, but yeah, why not? I'm just trying to be involved. I'm trying to get my name on the show because we're not going to talk about my team at all anymore. Uh, and we'll give waiver pickup of the week this week to Gooch and Brandon. You can tie because you're both making moves. You're both in the playoffs. Ernie and Wade, what are you guys doing? Making no moves? You're not trying to win? You guys not trying to win or what? Just put into any kind of waiver. Get a defense. Get an eighth string tight end. You got to do something. You got to keep the mojo working for you. So Speaking of eight string tight ends... Uh, okay, okay. Oh, big move. Peyton Hendershoot for Justin Jackson. Sneak makes the move. I like it. They've used Hendershoot shot, shot, Henderson shot, shoot. They've used Peyton a lot, the Cowboys have. He's just a rookie, too, so I don't know. Is Dalton Schultz like a free agent after the year? Do we know? Yes, they but didn't. They franchised him. All right, right, right. So, yeah. Hendershot might be uh, in the mix. They have three of the same white tight end, so I like that move. He's Wait. next up, baby. He's next up. Now, if you would finally drop, you know, at least a defense. I know you want to keep Young Ho and McPherson, but drop that defense. You don't need to carry them in next year. Good move. If that was a waiver move for you, Snake, you would have won. So, regular pickups yeah. of the week to you. I was a little Love late it. there. Low live it. on the air edition. Love it. All right. Um, that's later Wednesday. Oh, Tankerank. Um, did you know that this season, this coming Shink show have done a tank fact every week in every episode? Dang. No, not, every week. not every episode, every week. So uh tank fact, tank fact. <laughs> that is probably the epitome of this segment. Tankering Wednesday, tank facts that we have done a tank fact every week. That is how I think it has to end. I have exhausted all of my plans and all of my options and everything I can think of. What a what a segment and it, what a way to bring it to the end. There, we are the greatest people in the world. Yes, we are. And using that as a segue. Let's go ahead and do Gilmore Goons, the other greatest segment in the world. Shnick, have you watched lately? I know you've been traveling, uh, been a little busy, but you have been snowed in. So have you hit up Gilmore Girls in the past week? I have not. I think the last thing that I watched was uh, Logan asked Lorelai to ask Rory to marry him. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Lorelai and Luke seem to have somewhere along the line rekindled friendship and possible new love and Richard had his had his heart attack and he's oh, still so kicking sad. still kicking 
All right, Logan asking Lorelai for, you know, essentially Rory's hand. Let's say that's just like the legal tampering period, you know, when for some reason, even though that's what we're talking, like the, there's free agent deals lined up right on the day of signing. So just a little pre-ask before the deed gets done. Lorelai and Luke rekindling their friendship. That's like... Uh, Justin Herbert and Mike Williams coming back together after a little stint apart. Mike Williams on, or not on IR, but being injured, coming back and really hitting it off right away. Big plays, a couple of wins in a row, and just looking like, you know, that is a strong, loving connection yet again. And then Richard having a heart attack is like the heart attack that I have every time Mike Williams jumps up, catches a ball, spectacular catch but then falls to the ground, just like he's a comet from outer space, just crashing into the earth. I think he's going to hurt his shoulder again every time. And there you have it, folks. Gilmore Goons, the greatest fantasy football crossover into pop culture that you will never see again. <laughs> Let's take a break here, Sneak, and then we'll get into the semifinal matchups. This episode of the Scum and Sneak Show is brought to you by none other than Juge Plus. It is Christmas. Brown Santa, a.k.a. Caramel Claws, a.k.a. Sunkissed Pringle, a.k.a. Big Papa Noel, is here for you to offer you a free gift. No need to sub, no need to send money. If you simply ask for help with any playoff matchup or dynasty stashes, or what have you for fantasy, even non-fantasy related, come to Juge Plus. We will offer you free advice, no charge. It is Christmas. It is a giving season, and we love you. As always, brought to you by Juge Plus. And we're back, Snake. An absolute amazing performance. The torch has been passed. Old Scummy is now the once and forever Santa Claus. Take him up. He is the best. Get him into all of your events. Can't wait for more bookings next year. All right, Shink, let's, let's get into these semifinal matches. That's what everyone's here for. That's what we're all watching. Who do you want to start with? The 1-5 matchup or the 2-3 matchup? Uh, let's go one five. One five. Ernie Fritz versus Gooch. Joe Marturo versus Soft Tissue Rehab. The City Boys going head to head in the semifinals. And Eric has the projection lead right now. He has the season long, you know, rankings advantage. He has the championship, the most recent championship advantage. But is he going to win, Snake? He is definitely going to win. <laughs> definitely going to win. Lock of the century. Put it in your DraftKings. I mean, it's going to be hard for us to find a path for him not to win, right? It is. Uh, the I guess right now from what I'm seeing, quick look, 
is Gooch does have A-plus matchups down the board from QB down to his receivers uh, and into his flex. Ernie's matchups of Amon Ra against Carolina could possibly spell bad news, but Amon Ra seems to have almost become a matchup-proof type receiver for the way the Lions run their offense. Uh, Cincinnati, New England. New England is a bend-don't-break type defense. They're more of a scoring defense than like a shutdown defense, but this is in New England. I'm going to expect that there's weather. Maybe these Cincinnati guys just don't put it all together. I mean, if, if he does truly mm-hmm. roll out Burrow, Mixon, and Chase, that could be 75 points, or it could be like 20 points combined. So there that might be the path. You know, I really like I said, I really like Gucci's matchups. If he stays with Rogers against Miami in Miami, whether the whether it's a shootout or it's garbage time, you would assume Rogers gets his his 20. Running back-wise for Gooch, they've been really good. His receivers have been very consistent. So uh, I guess that's the only thing that I can say where you could maybe find a way for Gooch to win is if that Cincinnati game doesn't live up to what I think Ernie is hoping for. But, again, does he make up for Does Justin Jefferson make up for it is – does Eckler make up for it like he always seems to do? Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Does Evan Ingram make up for it? I, but I'm just going to say Ernie gets the win. It's it's not very close. It's just hard to not say those when what he's been doing all year. Yeah. yeah. He's obviously the heavy favorite. I agree with you that he should win. It'll be interesting to watch because we've got a few key games here for this matchup specifically. Obviously, the the Patriots Bengals game that you talked about, a lot of players on Eric's side. The Miami Green Bay <coughs> matchup is going to be heavy for for Gooch, Aaron Rodgers, Christian Watson stack, Raheem Mostert, and then both both guys have um, big hitters, Justin Jefferson and Saquon Barkley in the Vikings Giants game. Both guys have Chargers on Monday night against the Colts, so it'll be interesting if Gooch can hang. If Eric has a down Sunday, you know, if we're going into Monday night, looking at Eckler versus Allen, that could be just a fun thing to see. You know, you would obviously lean towards advantage Eckler, but if Gooch has a little lead, you know, that could really be a fun Monday night, you know, semifinal showdown. But don't expect it to really go that way. We expect Eric to have the lead into Monday. And it's just a lot of his guys are a step above Chase's. Chase has a really good team. I think the only advantage, though, that Chase has, like if you line them up next to each other, is probably um, Kittle over Ingram. And even that, you know, kind of swings both ways sometimes. So everywhere else, if you go like Eckler versus Saquon, if you go Jefferson versus Hopkins, like you're looking at advantage Eric. So, yeah, would love to see uh, some drama here, but I, I really do feel like it'll be a, Pretty, pretty, uh, what would I want to say? Like, it'll kind of resemble the quarterfinal matchups where it's not huge blowouts, but they're comfortable for the winners. Yeah, I think it's going to be, it's going to be decently comfortable win here for Ernie. Uh, and just, you know, you're going into that, like you said, that Monday game. Eckler is once again the number one running back. He's 
it's he's I would feel very confident going in knowing that he's going to bring up the anchor on my team. Uh, but like I said, it's going to be hard. But if it happens, it's going to it's going to be a um, upset for the ages. We'll move on to the next matchup, which I think will be a little tighter. We've got Brandon versus Brandon. Do nothing, Kamesh versus Wade. Do nothing, Kamesh. versus Bo. Tim Four on shirts. Number one in her. Uh, we miss Jalen Hurts, but uh, yeah, this is a, this is going to be a more fun matchup. But I think something that we talked about leading into the playoffs is going to rear its head, and that is Wade has been limping in the playoffs. He hasn't been the juggernaut he was in the middle of the season. So I think you know the the down production from Chubb and Cordell Patterson, even from Josh Allen recently is going to be what does him in here in this matchup. Yeah. Brandon is just as formidable as Ernie. He's proven that all year. He's projected for a pretty sizable win here as well. Uh, The Mahomes, the Mahomes matchup in Seattle could be crazy points for Mahomes, Kelsey stack. I'm just trying to see what else I can say here. I mean, Brendan, AJ Brown, just been an absolute beast. Don't expect that to stop against Dallas. Well, do you think that's hampered at all by the fact that Jalen Hurts might not play? Probably not. What do they say? Yeah, you're right. You're right there. Who could he play instead? Well, I don't think he would play. I mean, like, even if he felt like it'd be a down game, he's not going to put in Corey Davis. He's not going to put in Pity over Like, you saw the role of A.J. Brown, but could that be a potential, like, soft spot on Brandon's team? I think it could be, but it is a divisional game against Dallas. It might be one of those, like, magical-type come-up-for-the-matchup-type game, and Minshew just, like, throws to A.J. Brown like 44 times, which is naturally A.J. Brown's going to get his catches. So, (laughs) uh, yeah, let me see what Wade's working with here. Not too excited about his running back room here. Corderell Patterson against Baltimore. I don't don't think Patterson's been doing what he did earlier in the year recently, if I'm going to go back and look. So he's... Got the potential to not perform. He needs to get major Miami receiver points uh, at home against yep. Green Bay. Green Bay has a decent secondary, but they I don't know if they've been playing the way they're supposed to. We talked a lot about Mike Williams earlier. Uh, he seems to be doing Mike Williams awesome stuff. So, golly, I it, it, Wade is just not getting, in my opinion, good matchups when he needs it the most. Uh, and Brendan, I feel like this one could turn into a messy route on Brendan's part. It could. I also see, I mean, uh, Christian McCaffrey and Josh Jacobs, probably the, you know, the real, besides the Mahomes Kelsey sack, it's the real, like, heavy hitter portion of Brendan's team, and they both have tougher matchups. Uh, Commanders for McCaffrey and Steelers for Jacobs, respectively. So, you know, they could potentially have lower than their averages of like 
25 to 30. They can be more in that 19 range, which isn't bad, but you know, that could be something that Brandon like really uh, that hurts Brandon. If, if that comes around, never know what Jerry Judy's going to do. Yeah. I mean, I like, I, I hear what you're saying. I, it could end up being pretty lopsided for Brandon, but I could see it still staying close. But I do think Brandon, even in the closer matchup, would win. It's just, you know, I do feel more comfortable with his roster up and down than I do with Wade's because, like you mentioned it, you know, Patterson is like splitting time now with Jim's boy, Tyler Algier. Schultz isn't like a, a guarantee to go off. So, can Tyreek and Waddle both put up 30 for sure, but we haven't seen that a lot lately. And then, Brandon's just got, I think, a, a higher floor, too. So I think we lean his way, actually. Yeah, I would – if I'm Wade, I've got to hope for a 45-point Josh Allen game. Three touchdowns, 100 yards on the ground. He needs to come out just crazy on Saturday. Yeah. we got a lot of Saturday matchups here, so that Saturday's going to be fun, fun with this matchup. I'm looking down at Wade's bench, too, and I just don't – I think he's got his best lineup in. You know, I don't think there's anything for him to really consider, uh, you know, or, like, to anything that would give him, like, another pop. Maybe you could – yeah, no, it's not really much. Like, I, I think he would want to try and get uh, Patterson out of there, but he doesn't have another running back that can really – you can confidently say it was better, so – yeah, I mean, this would be a very poetic win for Wade, losing his bye just to end up being Brandon anyway, but I just don't think it can happen. Sad for him because he had a great season, 12-2. and two. So Wade had a great season last year. Uh, yeah. When did, did he lose in the playoffs? Yeah, I think he lost to Eric. In the second round? In the second round, I think, yeah. So Wade, if Wade loses in the second round to Brendan this year, does Wade do anything with his team, or is he one of the ones that just say, I have a good team, uh, I'll see what it can do for me next year? Like two years in a row, losing in the second round would be very – it would be frustrating, but it would be also like good, like I'm good, I'm good, I'm just going to keep doing this. Like does he do anything if he does lose, or does he just stick with it? I mean, does he do anything? Like is that <laughs> – what like what would his path be even like i guess he could i don't even know what he could do but i'm just saying like uh, you know i guess i just always think about it in terms of me like i you know i made the playoffs three or whatever it was four years in a row and then i just never i either lost first round or second round and it's just like okay i'm i'm done with this i'm just going to change it up it's wade well, i don't think wade's going to do that i don't think wade just says i'm going to trade everybody and get as many picks as i can but his team is good, young enough to like just stick with it. But two years in a row, losing second round, how does he? Like I was saying in the beginning of the show, how does he make the jump? How does he cross over that hump to get to the championship game? If his team is as good as it is all year, twelve and two, and then just sputters out in the playoffs, how does? Is there anything yeah. he can do, or is it just you got to hope? The what chips he does fall is differently. He trades. Hertz or Allen, either one for um, a running back, right? A run, yeah, a running back. I mean, it'd have to be like, that to be for like one of like the 
I would say like a rookie, like that's going to be your best bet next year because I mean, you're not getting McCaffrey, you're not getting Eckler. I mean, maybe you're Eckler. You're not getting like I. Th- I think maybe I'm just too influenced by my feeling that like we're going to have major turnover at the running back position next year. But you know, I don't. I don't know if he's going to really want to go get like even a Dalvin or uh, a Mixon, right? Like those guys who are or have been like the stalwarts of the past couple of years. I don't think that would be the move for him. Uh, definitely like wouldn't be a sustainable long-term like built dynasty move. And then on top of that, those guys that I mentioned for the most part are on teams that aren't going to trade with him. Eric's not going to trade for Hertz when he has Burrow. Um, Jesse's not going to trade for Hertz when he has Lamar, right? So I don't know what the move is other than trying to get picks back. But yeah, he probably isn't going to do that. Yeah. I mean, I don't think so either. His receivers are young and good enough to where I think if you were, I think his team is easier to pinpoint that he probably needs another good top five running back to go with Chubb to make that leap. Cause as much fun, I guess it has been the last two years with Patterson. He's, it's just it in my mind it's hard to trust him every every week and so yeah so maybe he does look to trade one of those quarterbacks but who's going to give up a top five young running back for a, a Allen or a Hertz when even though they're the number one and two probably quarterbacks you could probably get a, you could probably still be fine with a top ten quarterback and keep your top five running back so he's kind of in a almost in a spot to where he might as well just hope they perform a little bit better if he does lose in this matchup yeah i wonder if yeah i mean i just don't know who is like he's got two huge quarterback trading ships right but who is going to give up like a really good position player even two for that i mean maybe maybe chase who's kind of close maybe he would flip like saquon for one of them I, i don't know is that like a Doable deal, you think? Chase is maybe like a quarterback way, but now he's losing, you know, his best running back. And or does he? What way to do it for like a McLaurin and uh, Moster? But even that, yeah, it's maybe it's not out there. Maybe he just has the two best quarterbacks, and rather than trying to trade or sell low, he just plays keep away from everyone else. Yeah, I think that's what it's going to come down to. Interesting. Well, I mean, if we want to really keep going on this, he could, yeah, he could, he could maybe go into, he could maybe go to 08. I mean, Trevor Lawrence has been on the uptick, but he can maybe go to 08 to try to get his hands on. Okay. uh, I don't know. Kamara. I don't think he trades Jonathan Taylor. Kamara is a little bit older. And, you know, because, I mean, unless he's 08, it's okay with Trevor Lawrence, which he should even be better next year. So like, yeah, I don't know. I'll keep beating this horse. But anyway, Brendan wins. Brendan wins and he goes to face Ernie in the championship. Something we predicted all the, year. It's been it's been brewing and we're predicting it happens. All right. Early look ahead, you know, we have to get there first, but we did it last week too. Eric and Brandon meet in the championship game. Who wins? In my mind, it's just the Ernie two win in a row destiny was written in stone years ago. It's been in the destinies. It's been in the fates. 
the best rebuild from bottom to the top for two years in a row. And uh, that's my call is that those two meet Ernie takes his win. He goes off into the sunset to say that he went from bottom to top, did all that moving, all that shaking and turned into probably one of the best fantasy football teams for the last couple of years that we've seen. Wow. What a story. And our Brandon wants to do everything he can to stop that. So we shall see. All right, let's let's wrap it up now, I guess, with America's favorite segment. Scum and sneak up Thursday night game wrong. Oh uh, yeah. I feel like early on in the year we would have looked at this game and been like, oh, what a dud of a Thursday night game. But I feel like it's probably actually one of the better ones we'll get this year. Jaguars versus Jets, and actually big playoff implications for both these teams. You know. Jags win, they're really in it. And if the Jets win, I think they kind of solidify a spot a little more. So uh, what are your thoughts? It is in uh, the Jets are at home, but they are starting Zach Wilson. So, Yeah, my call is here is Jaguars. Great win last week. They're, they're, they're a pretty stinking good team right now. Uh, Jaguars win. Uh, 20 Jaguars win, uh, 18, 14. <laughs> okay. I, I'm going to go and say, I'm going with a big jets win. We're going to have uh, a solid showing from Zach Wilson. Nothing like crazy, but, um, Big uh, running back performances, whether that is Zonovan and Michael Carter, whether it's Michael Carter and what's his face, uh, Ty Johnson. Uh, I just have a feeling like they're gonna they're gonna do really well. Garrett Wilson is gonna have a pretty good game, I think. And yeah, the Jets are gonna maybe surprise a few people. They are favored, so maybe not that big a surprise, but they're gonna win at home, and it'll be a score of. 27 26 exciting one ooh one point difference i like that well i think that is the last episode before christmas we hope you guys all have a great one with your families and i think what else do you want to say before before we send them off into the holiday i want to say merry christmas Merry fantasy football playoffs. Don't freeze and die. Bye.
Yeah, remind it's me why so you moved stressful. up there again. 